Revelation 12 verse 11 And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Rod Butler. Hello listeners, welcome to our program and thank you for tuning in. It's delightful to have your company. With me in the Morissette studio is a very interesting young lady, Lena Yoon. Welcome Lena. Thank you. Alina is from South Korea, but has been resident in Australia since 2009. And we're going to hear her remarkable testimony of the twists and turns that took her a long way from God and the providential events that led her back to faith. Lena, I'm looking forward to hearing your testimony. But before we start, we're going to pray. Gracious Father, we thank you and praise you for your leading in our lives and the opportunity to give our testimonies. May the Holy Spirit bless our discussion, and may Lena's testimony be a witness of your love and grace to our listeners. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lena, now you have a favorite text you'd like to share with us. Actually, I have two texts that I would like to share with you. Uh, The first verse uh, is from Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Initially, I didn't really like this text uh, to the point where I'm hating it because every time I go through hardships or difficult times, people would, you know, quote this text. And to me, Lena, you know, eventually all things would work together for good. But I didn't really understand the true meaning of this verse till I looked back on my life, how God has led me and my life. Um, Initially, God has allowed all these things, even including bad things and uh, good things, to happen to me so that I would be uh, trained and I would be refined you know, in terms of my character and also the other traits that God wanted me to develop. And the second verses that I've got for you is from Proverbs um, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy parts. Just in relation to uh, Romans 8.28, it ties really well together with that verse. Quite oftentimes we question God for whatever, you know, is happening to us in our life, especially some of the things that are not so desirable or, you know, pleasant in our eyes. But all we need to do, trust in the Lord with all our hearts, not trusting on ourselves, then eventually God will guide our path. Okay. Well, Lena, thank you for that. Now, you were born in South Korea. Yes. South Korea being a highly developed and wealthy country. Yep. I have a few facts about South Korea I'd just like to share with our listeners. Yeah. Firstly, the population today is around about 52 million. 
Wow. Okay. And it's the third highest life expectancy of all current countries in the world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and it's behind Japan and Singapore. Australia, by the way, comes in fifth behind Norway. Wow. And by comparison, the UK is 28th and America's 54th. Wow. So obviously the, the South Koreans take the health message uh, very seriously. Yeah. And another interesting statistic is a mix of religion. According to the 2015 census, more than half the population, or 56%, have no religion. And here's the interesting part. 27.6% are Christian, but of that 27.6%, there are twice as many Protestants as Catholics. 19.7% Protestants versus 7.9% Catholics. And there are 15.5% Korean Buddhists. Lena, tell us where your family fit into that religious mix. Well, my grandparents on both sides, um, I think they had their own religion. So, like, pretty much pantheistic sort of religion. My grandfather on my mother's side um, and my dad's family, I think some of them were Buddhist and also they... Or some sort of shamanism, not quite sure. And that was my background. And my mom, in the midst of that, um, she, when we were very little, and um, she started going to uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church when she was staying with my grandparents, and while my dad was away, you know, overseas. So, were there many Seventh-day Adventists in South Korea when your mom was? Uh, joined the church? No. Um, I think at that time, um, even still now, I, I, I believe it's it was a lot worse back then. Uh, Seventh-day Adventism was considered a cult. So I'm sure uh, the prejudice, um, you know, or whatever, and people had, probably my mom, through my mom, she was, it was really hard for her to um, cope, you know, with. Yeah, so... So what about your education, Lena? Did you go to a church school or a, or a public school? I didn't go to church school. I just went to um, public school. Yeah, growing up, like with my mom, I went to church, you know, from now and then. Like, you know, I think back then sometimes I had to go to a school on the Sabbath as well. And I was quite ashamed of the fact that uh, my mom was a Seventh-day Adventist. I also was involved in that um, because I didn't want to tell my friends about uh, my church and my religion. And so, yeah, I just, you know, kept it a secret. So you're ashamed that you're a Seventh-day Adventist because people considered it a cult. But did you believe in God? What was your relationship with God as a, as a young person? I didn't know much about God to begin with. Um, I don't know about my mom or other Seventh-day Adventists back then in Korea, but to me, um, you know, like, it was no different. For example, my grandmother would bow down to whatever statue or, um, you know, and, like, my grandpa went to a shrine in his own place. Um like I thought, probably in my mind, okay, my mom goes to church. It's another sort of different religion. I didn't see, um, you know, personal God. And just for me more, it was like a ritual, just like um, any other religious people do and perform. And 
you know, um, I didn't really know God on a personal level. And it's just I followed my mom and just almost like, you know, it's like a social thing. I went to church and play with the kids, other kids. And um, I love to go to summer school because we had special activities and things like that. So. so how did it resolve itself? Did you ever come to terms with uh, loving the church, even though other people thought it was a cult? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think I really loved the church, but I just, um, because my mom went, so I just thought that I had to go and, and with my brother. And as I said, I, we just loved church friends there and that sort of fellowship and our friendship that I loved. Um, but again, during those activities, we were able to learn some of the verses and about um, some of the theories, and they still, you know, stick to uh, our mind. I believe my brother also, um, he still has a good memory um, at the time. But that was about it, nothing um, much more than that. Okay. And what happened did you stay with the church all through school? No, I didn't. Um, when I was uh, 12 years old, one of my best friends challenged me with a question. So she abruptly um, asked me about my religion, you know, Seventh-day Adventism. Why do you go to church on the Sabbath? I think she was, at the time, a Presbyterian. So her argument was, Sunday is the Lord's Day, so we'll all go to church on Sunday, but you go to church on Sabbath. On what basis do you believe and you go to church on Sabbath? Um, then I try to um, find some answers for not only that question, the other questions that she brought. And I went to um, you know, my f- ma- mother's um uh, church members and even went to um, minister's wife and I was searching and I, in my mind nobody really was able to uh, answer my friend's questions and um, so therefore I just decided you know okay not to go to church anymore maybe that's it because I was trying to find the answers but God didn't give me anything so that's it so now I'm just going to you know, going to stop going to church and do my own thing. So I left God. So you left God. When you say you left God, did you have any faith at all? Or no, I didn't have any faith. So um, no, I didn't have. So what did you do, Lena? Basically, I uh, went to church and I, I was more into the worldly things, you know, just like um, any other kids when they, um, you know, growing up. So... Yeah, so I was more into my mm. education, my future, yeah. and looking at those things. Now, I was going to talk about education because in South Korea, uh, it's a highly educated society. Yes. And education has a very high priority for South Korean families. Yes. Success in education is a source of family pride. Yeah. Uh, and prestige for career opportunities. Yes. So a lot of pressure is put on children to do well at school and university. Competition yep. for jobs is high. Yeah. And nearly all teenagers go to university. So what did you do? Well, interestingly, uh, I think God has a sense of humor. And um, somehow, I think when I was growing up and I was in high school, 
and I also love to go out with my friends. And so I pretended to study really well, but I didn't really put my effort 100%. So, you know, to make things worse and things happened and I sort of like, um, I didn't really do well on my college entrance exam. So it was not because I didn't know, you know, things happened anyways. So it's a long story. So, um, so I ended up going to um, Adventist University. So I was so ashamed of the fact that I just, you know, I became a student in, in the Adventist University. Anyways, so <laughs> there. <laughs> this is the person who didn't like the church. And just, yes, God does have a sense of humor. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I pretty much, again, you know, was my focus was okay, right? And I was uh, studying uh, English language and literature and also education at the same time. And um, But I really didn't like the reputation of my university, you know, um, in terms of the secular point of view. So... Uh, my focus was into transferring to another uni- secular university, more well-known, but anyways. Okay, so you were at the Adventist University. Now, Adventist institutions don't hide their uh, spiritual and religious direction. Was there any pressure on you, Lena, to um, come back to church? Did people invite you back to church? Oh, many people tried at that time, I think, um, when I was in the uh, Adventist University, I believe that near me there are so many spiritual people who are also very godly and very spiritual and very conservative as well. But I was not interested at all, and I thought, oh, you know, they're just bothering me. Why just you know go away? I don't want to have anything with religion. I want to live my life. I want to have a successful career, and um, yeah. So that was. My attitude. Now, Lena, you did end up getting baptized. Tell us about the events that led to your baptism. Yeah, that's an uh, interesting uh, story. Um, but again, a bit of a shameful story too, um, because although um, you know many spiritual um, juniors or seniors were around me and who were trying to influence me in a better way, but I didn't actually see their motive because my mind was so worldly-minded. But, um, you know, near me, like, I saw many of my friends, um, you know, getting baptized. I thought, what's going on? And um, maybe just because of pressure or whatever. And also I was asked many times. Initially, I refused um, but I thought, okay, maybe it would be a good thing even for me to please my parents. Not only that, um, you know, please other professors maybe, um, maybe would help me to actually cope better even in university. So I decided to get baptized and I got baptized. So you got baptized for reasons that would help your career? Was there any aspect of your baptism that was because of your faith in God? No, not at all. So that's pretty amazing. Um, Did you do studies? I can't remember, maybe a little bit, but I knew all these things because those basic things, obviously, I knew everything. You know, when I was a kid in in 
church, I learned all those things. So. so you got baptized because it was trendy to get baptized and you would be part of the in crowd and it could help you with your university. Yes. Okay, so would you? <laughs> Lena, it's terrible. It, sounds... it is terrible, yes. So you're exploiting the, the church for the purpose of getting, getting ahead. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I appreciate your honesty. So you, you're now baptized. You're a baptized Seventh-day Adventist. Tell us what happened after baptism. After baptism, and then uh, I just wanted to explore more life and, you know, new, uh, different countries because I always wanted to be a citizen of the world rather than, you know, staying in one place. Um, you know, I thought, okay, just staying in one place, one country is not mm. ambitious enough. So I went to the Philippines first and um, I traveled and studied a little bit and um, – here and there, and then um, after that, uh, I actually didn't like uh, the life of the Philippines. It's a lot slower, and, um, you know, well, it's a completely different country, you know. It's a third world. Were you, sorry, Linda, were you traveling because you were looking for a place to stay long-term, or were you just sort of traveling to do holidays? Not for the, uh, okay. Initially, I just wanted to find a place to study, but I thought in terms of language, you know, they, they have their own language. It's, you know, I was told that normally they speak English, but that was not true. They have their own language called Tagalog or whatever. And so because of that, I just, you know, gave up on studying there. Okay, then I just traveled and I did my own thing and um, then came back. I uh, went back to Korea and then... Um, I just wanted to go to another country, and I was considering, of course, you know, United States and Canada um, and Australia. But when I was, I think, I don't know, in college or in high school, I read a book about backpackers and, you know, cold woofers. So I just wanted to try Australia, you know, the wildlife, okay. Then I, you know, um, came to Australia, and... Um, Unlike my expectations, I didn't really um, enjoy living in Australia. It was different in terms of the first thing was um, because of my American accent that I always spoke American English. So I just didn't want to hear, are you from are you from the States? Are you from, you know, and mm. also the language. And I was studying the language and I didn't want to, you know, um, contaminate my accent with the other accent and I end up with something else because I was pursuing to become a professor in English linguistics. Do you know what I mean? Because you, so, you, had, you had a, what, you had a, a Bachelor of Arts with a major in English? Is English, that? language and literature. Okay. And you, you thought the Australian accent would <laughs> pollute your pristine <laughs> American accent. That's priceless, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Yeah. Um, so, and also the other thing was Australia um, was interestingly not big enough for my big ambition. So I thought, okay, I need to go to a so bigger country. When you say Australia, were you, which which capital city were you staying in? Where were you? I was in um, Bondi Beach. In, so in Sydney. In Sydney, mainly, I went to the a city as well quite often. But to me, is that the city of Australia? So, so, so Lena, let me get this straight. Okay. The accent would pollute your accent. Sydney's too small for you. <laughs> I mean, you should have been in New York City or somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but... Um, okay, uh, so what happened? You left Australia, obviously. You didn't like Australia. Where did you go? What happened? Uh, well, then I, okay. 
uh, with uh, some sort of uh, certificate in teaching, and I went. And so with that qualification, again, God, um, with his great sense of humor, he put me into uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Language Institute in Korea as a English missionary teacher. Okay, so you're back in the same organization that was a cult that you were ashamed of, this time True. working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is amazing, Lady Kit. So you're now working for the SDA Church yes. in the Language Institute. Tell us what happened. Uh, what did you do and how did that go? Okay, so um, primarily my job was teaching English and um, many adult students and teaching religion about our belief, right? So uh, on the weekdays, we would teach English, but uh, on the weekend, we would have Vespers on Friday nights, and also on the Sabbath, we had to run different clubs and programs in the morning and uh, invite students over to church. That was what, a full-time job? That was what, 40 hours a week, was it? It was pretty much close to full time for me. I think I think I was teaching on the weekdays at like six hours, like in the morning, a couple of hours, and in, in the afternoon, maybe four hours. And, and had you were you continuing your studies uh, as well? I was doing uh, masters at the time in um, English teaching, but I didn't finish it. But um, because I just didn't want to waste my time before I would go to the states, right? So I just uh, was enrolled in that. So one, once again, you, <laughs> you're using the organization as a stepping stone yes. for, for your career. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Now, Lena, while you were at the, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist English Language Institute, you met someone. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I met um, my boyfriend there, and um, I was madly in love with him, and because I didn't have any faith, zero faith still in God. I didn't know anything about God. I didn't want to do have anything with God either. But when I looked at him and obviously he was very popular, I was very popular as well. So that was not a great blessing for me because I should have actually served the Lord. But at that time, I was considered as a princess. I was so popular. I had you know, a group of fans, you know, around me. And he was pretty much the same as well, right? Very so attractive. So we, we had the prince and the princess yes. going out together. Yeah. Now, was he a Seventh-day Adventist? And how yes, was he? How would you describe, was he a spiritual uh, young man? As I said, um, he was a bit more mature than me. I was, you know, in, early my, in my early 20s. And, but anyways, um, to me, because I didn't have any basis, no faith at all in God, to but, but, me. But you were baptized. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a bit of a shame. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't believe in God still. But when I looked at him, and the person that I really like and has a very strong faith in God, I just started questioning, Lord, what's going on? And I really wanted to know more about God because of him. Because how come a person can have such a faith in somebody or, you know, like being, you know? And mm. so I just wanted to know more about God. So did you think you would get married? At some point, yes. I don't know. But any, with my little faith, actually, I was getting to know more about God. So, but, you know, you know we are not perfect. Not everybody's perfect. And I, I started seeing some, uh, something from him that is not so desirable as a 
even um, Christian, and I was in a lot of dilemma, and I didn't know what to do about that relationship. And it lasted, you know, for a while, several years, and I left it in God's hands. Even with my little faith, I asked God, if you really want us to be together, and let that happen, otherwise close it. Okay, Lynn, I'm seeing, I'm seeing an application of Romans 8.28 here. God's putting you in a crunch. Yeah. Uh, he's making you think. He's knocking on the door, getting your attention. Yeah. And what little faith you have, you're exercising because you're now talking to God. That's right. Yeah. Did your boyfriend want to keep it going? Did he want to break up? What was the situation on his side? Um, his problem was um, that he didn't want to really commit himself to um, any sort of woman. I think very he had a great responsibility to take care of his family back home um, because his you know, family situation fin- financially was not great. So he was the pretty much So the, where, where was back home for your, for your boyfriend? South Africa. So he was South African. Yeah. So, but for me... You know, um, my background definitely was completely different. You know, I had pretty much everything that I wanted um, as a child. And so, um, yeah, so the prob- the major problem for him was, um, yeah, his commitment issues. So so did you think then that the, the job at the SDA Language Institute would be a long-term prospect or this was just a stepping stone, as you said? As I said, so initially- how, how long were you there for? Well, initially I wanted to be there for about maximum six months. Then I wanted to head off to the U.S. That was my plan. But because of this relationship, it was dragged a bit more. So how long were you there for? Um, I think yeah, for several years, five, six years. Okay. And, and what made you leave and where did you go? Okay. Um, then, as I said, this time definitely I would go to other states, right? So I was thinking about what to study. So I wanted to do dentistry. And then um, in the US, um, the cost would be... Just, can I stop you there? Yeah. I'm just trying to get the connection between language, BAs, and dentistry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right, so while I was in the SD Language Institute, um, one of the ladies... Um, who also was a missionary at the time, um, she took me to Dr. Seng Lee's uh, seminar um, somewhere in Korea. So Dr. Seng Lee, many, many years ago, he used to be um, the president of Weimar Institute in California. Now, you know, Dr. Nedley is the mm. president. Mm. So anyways, I went there. I was dragged there as well. I didn't want to go. Right, and then I was exposed to this healthy lifestyle and all of that. I really hated it, you know, being there, and I didn't, I couldn't <laughs> drink coffee, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have any <laughs> nice dishes. Anyways, I was so impressed because of his uh, genuine kindness and love for his patients. Mm-hmm. And looking at him, and I think he was in his late sixties, close to seventies, how young he looked. That impressed me, and I, I was able to see, obviously, Christ in him. So I thought, wow. Yes, in, before, I wanted to make a lot of money, and then I wanted to do huge donation, right? Give a lot of money to God. That was my plan, right? But as um, 
you know, uh, important person. But he uh, at, he changed my life. So, okay, now, yeah, I want to do uh, something mm, that may be more useful, right? So maybe either I want to be a doctor or a dentist, but I thought, okay, dentist, just four years, maybe. That's good enough. And they make a whole lot of money too. So... I decided to <laughs> become a dentist. You have a very um, uh, fundamental way of looking at careers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but so you've been impressed by this man's life and by the health message. Yep. And you've, your focus has gone momentarily off yourself into what you can do to help others. That's right. Okay, so tell us how that you've now decided to go to do dentistry. Yeah, so I looked at all the other Adventist um, colleges like, you know, um, many other, or you know, um, Loma Linda and, and others as well. And also um, the other thing happened that was in that SDR Language Institute, we had a nurse, a Korean nurse, who actually uh, studied uh, in Australia. So she went to high school there and she went to Avondale University, so she came over and to become a, a missionary. Was so, she was she an Australian? She, uh, she came, so she uh, just for holidays okay. and and she did teaching. Yep. So she told me about uh, the nursing course in Avondale. So I did some digging and did a bit of research about Avondale University, and I really quite like the fact that in Australia. Um, the nursing course was three years instead of four. And then uh, also, you know, I could have a license. I thought that was a great idea rather than, okay, going to a state straight away because in the States, um, you know, the cost is a lot more. And also, um, you know, to be able to um, have whatever, um, even permanent residency, I think that would be better off coming in Australia. So, I prayed seriously about my plan and God opened a door to Australia, not to the States. So you came back to Australia? Yes. Okay, so dentistry's out the window and nursing's come in the front door. Yeah, so I guess stepping stone, right? Okay. Not to become a nurse, but to be able to get into the dentistry. Oh, okay, I see. I, I see. didn't want to do uh, dentistry straight away because you need to sit for uh, the GAMSAT exam, right? Okay. So, so where did you do nursing? Uh, at Avondale University. Right. Okay, and what about your clinical placement, your practice? Where was it? Practice was mainly in Sydney, uh, in a Sydney Adventist Hospital and also uh, Royal North Shore Hospitals in Sydney, mainly, yeah. Okay, so you're back in Australia. What year was this? This is now... That was 2009. So you're back in Australia, 2009. Tell us... Where at this point were you with your relationship with God? Oh, okay. Good question. I consider myself a um, Seventh-day Adventist, but only I went to church on the Sabbath. That was it. I so, didn't so still... you're doing nursing at, a, at an SDA university, yep. clinical placement at an SDA hospital. Yep. It's nice to know you considered yourself an SDA. Yes. But where was it beyond that? Were you walking in faith with God every day? Was there prayer? Was there Bible study? Tell us how... No, not at all. As I said, I was just a churchgoer and I believed in God, right, but didn't have any relationship with him still. So okay. 
I just went to church on the Sabbath, and on the other days I did my own things. Was there any communication with your ex-boyfriend at this stage? What what was the situation there? Were you feeling homesick at any stage? I didn't feel um, homesick, but um, we broke up right before I yeah, came to Australia. And then we um, came back together, but we actually physically we didn't meet. But anyways, so still was keeping the relationship. And then we had a lot of problems, right? So, um, you know, break up and, you know, and um, we'd come back together and that sort of thing sort of was repeated, which was not a good thing. Mm. Mm. Now, when you were finishing your course, there were things happening in your private life. There were supernatural things. Tell us about that. Yeah, in college, um, I was staying in the nurses' quarters whole time. And we had a lady who came from Hong Kong. She was a nurse, as we were a registered nurse. Um, she was, I think, um, middle-aged at the time. She was in her fif- early 50s. And she would tell me about her story, how she got diagnosed with schizophrenia. But when I heard her story, I realized that she didn't have schizophrenia. She had something else going because she would tell me that she was able to see demons and some beings there. She was so terrified. And then she uh, had to be taken to the emergency at the Seine. And over there, she was diagnosed with uh, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So I thought in my mind, this is not just mental illness. Something's going on. And ever since I heard that, story, I started feeling very fearful, especially um, at night if I had to go to the shower, one particular shower on the top level where I was staying. And I just didn't like that because in my life, I was never afraid of anything. And even of the dark, I felt so weak. Why am I feeling this? What's going on here? And I just always would feel like some present or, you know, some presence or being would you know, was there in the shower. So I didn't like that. and But I didn't know what to do. That actually lasted um, three years. And after I finished my course, just right before I started my new graduate um, uh, work, and I prayed about this really seriously and God sent me uh, my friend who was willing to help me with this journey. I believe that was a spiritual warfare. And... Um, you know, which I really wanted to know what was going on, what would be the causes of this that I was going through. And apparently um, I was taught that, um, you know, there would be some of the um, things that would actually give access to this sort of thing. So I learned that also could be um, something that was related to my family situation, like generational scene, like as I talk to you guys about my, you know, parents, I believe, systems and their religions. And they were into all these occultisms and, you know, completely that they were against uh, God's um, law and his principles. And also not only that, I was heavily involved in fashion too. And I would go especially with uh, contemporary um, designers the first thing that I had to do um, to be able to pray together with my friend um, and I had to chuck my precious uh, designer bag um, that I had recently purchased at the time. 
and also the other bag too. So not only the bags, but you know, sunglasses and clothes and everything. And not only that, and my books that I was reading, like of course they were considered classic, you know, books like you know, uh, Jane Eyre, whatever. But um, the Wuthering Heights, all these you know um, books that are considered so good for our souls and for uh, improving our intelligence. But apparently. Um, a set of books that I was in involved was detective novels by Sherlock Holmes. And um, definitely it was all about the story of murder and, um, and death. And I strongly remember that when I was trying to um, take the books out of my wardrobe and, and the, the cover became almost like real that almost like in 3D uh, or 4D picture that it's like, you know, some of the other forces would like, you know, would scare me. You know, how dare you want to throw, you know, this book out sort of thing, you know, giving that sort of message. So I did that. And also the music that I used to listen to, you know, pop or rock, you know, heavy metal. And also the movies that I used to watch and all these things that I got involved. I didn't know that these things would also um, would be involved in um, this spiritual warfare. So... I had to learn a whole lot of different things to um, change my life and get rid of these forces. Linda, just on that, you've mentioned spiritual warfare. <clears throat> I just would like to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 to 13, because this is a very important point, what you're touching on here, that um, this is a, yeah, very important. It says from verse 11, "'Put on the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil.'" For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So the Bible is very clear that we are in a war, and the forces that oppress us are unseen, and you've just told us that there were, there were things in your life which were giving these forces access to you and they were putting fear in you. So, Elena, as you learned about how to deal with this uh, with the help of your friend, what was happening to your relationship with God? How was that changing? Uh, a very good question. And I had to – I immediately realized that God was real at that point. God exists, definitely. So, so all the theory was out the window, and now this prac yep. uh, has cemented home that God is real. Yeah, definitely. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so God is real. You've now come to that conclusion. What happened then? What? How did you continue your walk with God? Yeah, so I realized that God um, is real, and also Jesus Christ, also he uh, is real, and he came to this earth to save us. So for the first time that I believed in uh, Trinity and, you know, Father God, the Son of God and the Holy Spirit. So all I had to do, cling to God and, uh, and believe in the power of Christ so that I could overcome this, what I, that I was going through. So, Lena, in this time, did you redo Bible studies? Did you... Um, uh, work with any pastors? How did you actually uh, develop your, your faith further? I didn't have a Bible study and such, but my friend initially who was helping me 
and she was helping me through f- ever since um, this happened. Even till now, she's my good friend, almost like a family. And um, whenever, even at that time, very much so, whenever I had questions, whenever I needed to pray about some certain things and even this uh, spiritual battle-related stuff, definitely I would call her and I, we, she would pray for me and, and I would pray with her. Okay, and, and at this stage, did you reconsider getting rebaptized? Did you throw yourself into church life? What was happening? How were you sort of manifesting your faith practically? Yeah, um, I was very ashamed um, that I was baptized for a wrong motive. And God showed me through the Holy Spirit that how sinful I was. So I had to make a lot of corrections in my life. Um, you know, and even I had to forgive many people that I used to hate and and all the other bits and pieces. And, you know, when it comes to rebaptism, definitely I was considering it very seriously. And I was looking for a minister who could baptize me. Yeah, and how long did that take to... Uh to find that minister. That took a decade. Can you believe it? Sorry, how long? Ten years. It took ten years to yeah. find a minister. Can you can you put a bit of clarification on that, Lena? What were you looking for in the minister? In the minister, because I wanted um, a minister who would be really faithful and dedicated, completely 100% committed to the Lord. I don't know. That was my expectation for the minister who would baptize me. So, did you feel, do you feel that you were um, overcompensating for the fact that the first time you got baptized for the wrong reasons? Yeah. And therefore, this time you wanted to make sure that everything was exactly how God would want it. Exactly. That your heart was right. Yes. The minister had to be right. Yes. Everything had to be right. Everything had to be right. So exactly. You had a. A standard of perfection applied to your rebaptism, <laughs> yes. and it took you ten years. Yes. Okay. Tell it. So tell us about your your baptism, your rebaptism. Yeah. Um, initially, I was thinking about um, a different minister. It was a bit elderly, but COVID um, prohibited for some reason. And then, and I went to medical school, so I had to. I was just sort of like. Not completely forgot about it. It was there, but I thought, oh, yeah, I'll I'll get back to it at some point. But because of my study, I couldn't do that. And then at some, and probably one night, God said, well, didn't you say to me that you would get rebaptized? What are you doing, Lena? Right? So I thought, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I really need to get back to this. And then... Um, but in that time, while you were, uh, before God spoke to you, you were... Active in the church, weren't you? I was active in church, yes. To tell us some of the things you were doing in the church. In the church, like um, I ended up in the Northern Beaches, so I went to Marina Vale Church. Um, oh, that's in Sydney? In Sydney. Mm. And now it's called Ethnic Pitwater Church. Mm. So there I would uh, run health seminars there. Although even at that point, I moved to Kurumbong. So um, yeah, I ran health seminars over there. And then uh, after that, I went to Memorial Church, and I be, uh, up until I got baptized. Then after I got baptized, and I also um, got involved in health ministry, I would run health seminars in there as well. Okay, and you were baptized when? 
I got baptized on the 27th of February, 2021. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Now, Linda, just going back to your first baptism, you told us earlier that your first baptism was really just uh, a stepping stone yes. to help you get to where you wanted to go in a worldly sense. Mm-hmm. But this time your baptism was under completely different circumstances. You had that spiritual warfare. You learn about God. Tell us how your relationship with God developed leading up to your rebaptism and what it's like now after your rebaptism. It was a great relief for me because I made you know thing right eventually. And um, the, the moment I actually got so excited about getting to know Christ was when I met my friend when I was going through this spiritual um, warfare. And that's when I was really um, on fire in God and His work. And then gradually I was sort of, because I was questioning God, what's happening to me? What is your plan for me? And I haven't really heard, and I was thinking that I was going into the right direction and all that. And eventually, um, the baptism happened when God actually showed me, and actually He put me into the medical school. So again, it was sort of reassurance of my faith too. And um, again, once again, the relationship with God was strengthened after the baptism. Okay. Lenny, you mentioned medical school. Tell us how you've gone from being a registered nurse to now you're in medical school. What's the transition there? How did that come about? Well, as I said earlier, um, just being a nurse was just a stepping stone to become a a dentist initially. Then uh, from my experience at um, hospitals as a student, I really got into medicine. So I just wanted to help people. Uh, and save their lives. So my, my plan was changed again from dentistry to medicine. So I had that always in my mind. But again, I prayed about my plan. I left completely it in God's hands. If you want me to become a minister, whoever, or even doctor or dentist, I would happy to become. And I thought I had answers, and I thought I completely understood the fact that God wanted me to become a nurse practitioner. Um you know, because nurse practitioners can be a bit um, more uh, independent than just normal registered nurses. And then I was pursuing that for quite a while, but um, that didn't happen. And every door was closed every time I tried. I I didn't know where um, God's will would be at the time. Then eventually in 2020, and God opened the door to the medical school. That's how I became a medical student. So at that point, I knew that God wanted me to become a doctor. So, Okay, Lena, hold that thought right there. We're going to take a short break right now from Lena's testimony, and we'll give you the contact details of us here at 3ABN Australia Radio. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. 
Well, welcome back to our program by the word of their testimony. We've been listening to the testimony of Lena Yun, who was telling us about the events that led her to enrol in medicine. She'd just been rebaptized and she's enrolled in medicine. So, Lena, welcome back. You're now doing medicine, you're a med student, and you're recommitted to Christ. Tell us what you're doing in church and how you're balancing um, pretty heavy duty medical studies with. Uh, life in the church, working in the church? I am involved in doing um, quite different um, roles in church. Um, but again, I decided to put God's work first because I've always f- been feeling guilty of the fact that I cannot dedicate my whole time into God's work. So even doing, God's, uh, doing the duties uh, in church, to me, it is nothing, you know. And so... Um, I've been involved in doing um, teaching the Sabbath school lessons, being um, in the Sabbath school team and doing uh, prelims. And also um, I would run uh, health seminars. Um, and also uh, more recently I am involved in doing um, the outreach program, your door knocking in the community. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and again, balancing out with my study, um, it has been okay because God has given me strength to do all of these. So. Lena, in New South Wales, as we know in 2020, uh, New South Wales had lockdowns. And then when the vaccines came out in 2021, uh, there, were, there were mandates. Now, you were working as a registered nurse while you're studying you're using your um your qualifications as a registered nurse to do some shift work to the pay the bills but in new south wales health workers were the first people to be mandated tell us the impact of that how that affected what you were doing with your studies and with also uh working it has had a great impact on me financially um so i used to work as a registered nurse probably one shift or one every fortnight um, on a casual pool in the hospital. But um, the mandate for COVID vaccine came on the 30th of September, 2021. So I was permanently terminated by the hospital. So I couldn't work anymore. So Lena, just on that, if, if you were terminated uh, as a as a registered nurse and you couldn't do shift work in a hospital, um, tell us how that impacted your studies because you're studying to be a doctor. Doctors work in hospitals um, for, for personal reasons. You didn't want to take the, the vaccine. Tell us the impact that had on your, your studies. A very good question. Um, because of my position in regards to COVID vaccination, um it caused a lot of problems in my university because I'm the only one who's refusing to get COVID vaccinated. So at the moment, I am having a break, not because I wanted to have a break, um, but my university um, stance is that um, a person who's not vaccinated is not going to be um, put in the hospital for them to do any clinical practices. So with, with your studies, you've done all the, the, uh, the uh, practical theoretical part and now you're in your clinical placement 
part of your course working in a hospital and because of your situation not taking the vaccine, you mm-hmm. can't get a placement. That's right. I can't get a placement anywhere. So in Australia, um, people even tell me that, oh, there is no, no more mandates. But the thing is that hospital themselves, they decide to keep their, you know, the mandates, the COVID vaccine. So I can't, you know, do my clinical placement anywhere in Australia because of that reason. So this is a this doing medicine is a, was clearly a passion of yours. Yep. How's this affected your faith in God? Well, I've been praying about this ever since COVID came in, and um, I asked everything, uh, asked God to be in charge whether or not I should continue with my studies or stop. But God just told me to keep going. That's how I've come, like this far. But from this on, I don't know where God will lead me. Lena, when we look back on your life and from your testimony today, it's it's clear God's led you in many directions. You wandered off one direction. He brought you, kept bringing you back to the church. And now here you are. Uh, God's answered your prayer to, to do medicine, but you've now hit a a closed door, a roadblock. What advice would you give to someone who is also um, passionate about doing something for God, that they believe God had answered their prayers, mm-hmm. but they've hit a roadblock? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to those people? It's a very uh, difficult question to answer, and I had to pray a lot. I had to spend a lot of time in my prayers because of these, because as you said, you know, Medicine, becoming a doctor, has been my dream and has been my passion all my life. And God eventually opened the door to it. And now I've hit a major roadblock in my life. And I couldn't get my head around initially. And then um, really I had to give whatever feelings, whatever negative emotions, whatever anxiety, whatever, you know, the emotion that I was going through to, you know, to give that to Jesus because He's the one who could give me the peace. And all I know, as I shared the, the verses from Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6, and Romans 8, 28, um, no matter how difficult times you're going through and un- unexpected things that may be happening to you right now or even that happened in the past, so we need to trust in the Lord with our heart that God will direct our path eventually. Because God allowed all these things to happen to us for reasons. My friend always tells me, Lena, there's a reason for this thing to happen to you. So just keep going and have a complete trust in God, and He will um, get you through. So as long as we believe in these things and um, you know acknowledge God's work in all our ways, then eventually all things work together for good to you that love God and also to you who are called according to his purpose. Well, thank you, Lena, for sharing your testimony with us today. You're welcome. I've been blessed hearing it, and I'm sure too, so have our listeners. And when we follow God, despite the things that happen to us that seem to overwhelm us, and the doors that seem to get closed in our face uh, with the things we want to do, we can claim the promise you mentioned, Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. 
So God can even bless the bad things that happen according to that verse and we can have faith in God that he's in control. So thank you again and listeners do join us again next time for By the Word of Their Testimony and God Bless. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.